0: to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey. Coming at you. A little light this time. I just ran out of my hams uh, last night, so I wanted to switch it up a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Joining me uh, today, I have one of my really good friends. Um, Interesting story. We uh, went to Israel together one time uh, a couple years ago. Uh, We are both members of the Jewish community. Um, She is originally from the Milwaukee area, although she did not go to school there, Um, but um, we've just had an interesting full circle friendship, and uh, she is, you know, one of my favorite people, and I missed her very much. We haven't seen each other in two years, so I'm excited to catch up, talk about our journeys, our activism, things we've learned and unlearned, and uh, all that jazz. So Rebecca Pearl, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks so much for having me. L'chaim. L'chaim, that's right. With the uh, Wisconsin beer as well.
0: Uh, shout, out, shout out our lovely friend Rebecca Lubar, right?
1: Who brought me the beer in South Dakota. Um, this beer has traveled very far, long distances, um, she, uh,
0: she literally, like, meet uh, you, like, halfway to get it to you. So that's some true dedication. So first,
1: it came from Milwaukee, right? But she was right. in Minnesota. So Milwaukee to Minnesota, and then brought the beer from Minnesota to South Dakota. And then I took it from South Dakota to Denver. So it's like, you know. Um,
0: yeah, you, you really had to extract that stuff.
1: Honestly. It's, it's, <laughs> it is like gold, so. Yeah. You know.
0: um, what's your favorite new Glarus?
1: I am like through and through Spotted Cow because for me, it tastes like pure ice cream. Like, this is the, you know, I don't know, it's like the milk of beer. It's just like creamy and delicious. Um, yeah, I would, I would like do a lot for a case of Spotted Cow. Yeah. Well,
0: um, yeah, yeah, I think that's the one that like everyone gets like hooked on, you know. Um, I'm personally, I love Moon Man. Moon Man's probably my favorite. But, um, yeah, like, I was just telling you this story um, right before we started recording. But uh, a couple weeks ago, I went to a lake house with a couple friends, like, right just inside of Illinois at Fox Lake. And um, we were, like, getting, we are at the grocery store getting booze and food and everything we needed. And someone, like, was like, oh, yeah, like, can you all, like, grab a case of Moonman? I was like, oh, yeah, sure. So I went over there. It's nowhere to be found, and then it hit me. Oh, fuck, they don't fucking sell that shit here. We're in Illinois, and
1: uh, yeah, well, I was as far superior to Illinois. Number one, no offense, whatever. You're not,
0: um, you're not wrong. Go this is... go. What,
1: go pack, go.
0: Um, I mean, I don't like sports, so
1: okay, fair, um,
0: <laughs> but but yeah, no, I mean, Wisconsin
1: leaving so i no longer live in milwaukee i live in denver now and like leaving milwaukee i was like what's one thing that i can like make a part of my personality that says like i'm from wisconsin everyone and like being a packers fan is that one thing because everyone also always asks about it they're always like oh you're from wisconsin um first of all either they like don't know where that's from or they're like oh do you know my friend blah 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 but that might be a jewish geography thing. Or they're like, oh, are you a Packers fan? And then I'm always like, yeah, I'm a Packers fan. Love Aaron Rodgers or whatever. But, like, don't really care about sports. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, Wisconsin's definitely, like, way more home to me now than Illinois was. I mean, my parents don't even live in Illinois anymore. They moved to Michigan. Right. So, yeah. um, I don't – like, yeah, it's – Like, I think that if anyone knows about Milwaukee or Wisconsin, like, it's either, like, it's either the Badgers or it's the Bucks, Packers, you know, it's something sports-related. But I'm trying to play my part and bring the music scene to life here, so.
1: Yes. (laughs) Um, We'll have to talk about that because, like, I need to be caught up on all the music things um but like the other thing people mentioned about milwaukee or like wisconsin no actually specifically milwaukee is like oh it's like one of the most segregated cities in america right it's like yeah. yes it is um like what you gotta do something about that i mean i no longer live there so it's like harder but like i don't know i saw there's like fundraisers for MPS and stuff going on and like huge black Lives Matter protests and i don't know it's like home also is like a very interesting word like milwaukee very much so has always felt like home um but so does des moines now after leaving it which is weird yeah. like i was only there for school but like still really feel connected to that community and then i'm also like oh i live in denver now like this is very much so also my home i don't know it's yeah. like a weird thing to like have all of these places that feel like they're a part of you but they're not like you don't live there
0: anymore. I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, you kind of, you feel like, um, you know, there's still obviously, like, pieces of you that get left there. Um, yeah. Like, I recently had to help my parents move out of my childhood home, and that was a very emotional thing, because, like, um, this was, like, what, this was the environment that, like, I developed in, grew up in, and, like, learned everything that you know, set me on the path that I am now, um, and to kind of, like, you know, to detach yourself from that, to not have any more ties to that is, it's, I mean, it's bittersweet, like, I'm happy that, you know, like, my parents got out of there, and not, like, they're moving on with their lives, but it's also, like, shit, you know, I'm gonna miss, like, you know, like, walking around the neighborhood and you know revisiting my childhood and stuff because there's always such a nostalgic value to doing that so
1: for sure yeah my i'm i cannot imagine like my parents have lived in the house that they still live in that i grew up in um forever and like i can't imagine them ever leaving that house i don't know it's just like that's always been my home um so I haven't like gone through, you know, leaving the place that you grew up in. Um, but I don't think I would handle that very well, to be totally honest.
0: You feel like you're like you're you you're holding a lot in when, when it finally does happen. Also, I just wanna mention that uh it's kind of funny that you're like you're the one drinking Wisconsin beer right now when I'm the one actually in Wisconsin and I'm just drinking some fucking commercial-ass shit.
1: (laughs) So this is, like, the only beer that was left, actually. Um, But Denver has this insane beer scene. So if I'm not drinking, like, traveled across the country, New Usually I'm drinking some other like microbrewery sour that's just like incredible out of this world. that has like fresh cherries in it or whatever. Um, so that's been like a cool part of being in Denver is that the beer scene here is amazing. Oh, yeah. um, and so it was like comedy and all that stuff and there's the mountains and that's cool too, but beer's, beer's great.
0: Isn't that yeah. where, isn't Fat Tire from like Denver or it's from Colorado? You know, do you know amazing. fat tire? What part
1: of tire? I've definitely had a fat tire. I do not know where they're located. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, mean, I, guess, I guess
0: okay. Like, I will say okay. Technically, this is still Milwaukee beer. Technically, but it's, it's just true. what's that? It's true. Yeah,
1: it's still technically Milwaukee beer.
0: Yeah, but it's just like. A lot less, like, we don't, like, it's just because you can get it anywhere, like, it just isn't, like, the definitive thing to drink when you're here, but whatever. So it's not, it's
1: not as special, right? Because it's, like, easily accessible.
0: Hmm. Yeah, but it is the beer that got me to start liking beer, so. how out to Miller um, oh, no. Yeah, I started drinking hams because I was broke all the time, and, like, God. um I lived across the street from a liquor store and uh, the one next to Oakland Euros
1: and um, uh,
0: Gilbert's. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was one of my roommates and I were just broke. We just started drinking cheaper and cheaper beer and finally you just get the cheapest one, Tams. Um, you, there was one point where you get a 30 rack and they give you a free t-shirt. So
1: I mean, that's kind of a good deal.
0: It is. I, still got the (laughs) t-shirt um so rebecca what we talk about on mr nice guy we talk love and fear passion creativity and uh, um so it's kind of hard to put the words to like how you and i like met and became friends and still are friends to this day because like You and I were both completely different people when we went on a trip to Israel and Palestine together um, almost four years ago. It's been a while. Yeah, I know. Um, And so with that said, like, I guess before we get into all that, like, I want to hear a little bit about like, you know, you're I mean, so we're part of the Jewish community and uh, I guess, like, something that I've been trying to, like, um, reflect, something that I've reflected on a lot in, like, what it means to be Jewish is, like, you know, what was, what was associated with our identities growing up, and, like, what was, like, um, what did we hold true to being Jewish when we were younger, you know, what was normalized, and, uh, um, and it, like when we were when we were in college i mean obviously you and i were zionists um and um I know. yeah and a couple years down the road um now i'm an anti-zionist same yeah so you know so i feel like this is the best precursor we can put it into so i guess like you know you know, we we know where this is going so I guess I want to hear a little bit about to like start chronologically. Like, what? Like, did you feel like Zionism and Israel was like normalized as part of like your Jewish upbringing?
1: I mean, yeah. So let's just backtrack a little bit. Um, my great, my grandfather was a Holocaust survivor, and after the Holocaust, he had nowhere to go because you know. his home was destroyed and the one place he could go was Palestine right um it was before 1948 so we're like getting right up into the war um and didn't like he didn't have a choice so he went and fought in the war and so and that's how he met my grandmother um and then after you know the War of Independence or the Nachba whatever you choose to call it um, cause I feel like we talked like both sides are probably listening in and, you know, just gotta be, yeah, whatever. Um, um, they, like, settled down in Israel and had my aunt and had my dad. And then we're like, we can't sustain a life here. Like, this is a brand new country and um, things are not going well. We're going to leave. Um, and that's how they ended up in Milwaukee. So, like everything about Israel, right? I have family that still lives there. Um, I have Israeli citizenship. Not sure why we can talk about that too. It's like a whole thing. Um, The Israeli government likes to inflate the numbers of Jews that have citizenship to Israel. That's what it is. Um, And so like everything about my upbringing was just very heavily like Israel. Um, My grandparents would like light the Yom Haziqarom candles at the, you know, community celebration or memorials and also like be a part of the community celebrations for Yom Hatzmahut, like every year we went to the walk for Israel and at Hebrew school, right, like you also learn about Israel. Um, I I, I learned about Israel like through ancient history, like ancient history to like modern day history, but modern day history was always like very much so through the Zionist lens um, like, so much so that I don't, I think the first time I ever heard about, like, other people living in Israel was, like, seventh grade, and that's early for some people, unfortunately, um, but for me, I was, like, I've heard, what, I've been to this country, and I didn't know that other people live there, that's ridiculous, you know, um, and I've always been like a person that asks a lot of questions to the chagrin of everyone that knows me, probably. Which um, is
0: which is encouraged in Judaism, so.
1: Thank you. You're I'm on. not being annoying. I'm just actively engaged. Okay, okay. Anyway, um, whatever. So, like, I got to high school, right? And then in high school, they like shove all these like how to be an Israel activist like programs down your throat when you're in Jewish youth group. Um, I don't know if it's similar in BBYO, but like in USI, I was like a big deal, right? There's like a whole position dedicated to like teaching about Israel, yeah. um, and so like my first like really direct interaction with like Israel propaganda was like going to a Stand With Us conference. Um, I didn't go to APAC till college, and we can talk about APAC too because I could go on for. We're, we're gonna a we're, we're gonna
0: dig into a lot of shit. I mean, there's just so many facets of it, like that you. Because you and I literally, it feels like we've, like, defected, you know?
1: I mean, it kind of does. Like, I don't...
0: Because there was so much that was shoved down our throats about, like, what should and shouldn't be, like, definitive of, like, Jewish identity. And, uh, I mean, personally, I feel like... It feels like I've been betrayed as a Jew, and I think that's how a lot of anti zionists Jews feel about, like, how, like, it's just so, the lines are so blurry between, like, what being a Jew means versus what being a Zionist means. And, uh, like, yeah, I mean, so continue, continue your story, though. Well, I'll talk about mine. Wait,
1: you gotta get in this, because I have a really controversial hot take that I would like to share.
0: Please do.
1: That is... I don't necessarily blame the Jewish establishment for, like, shoving Israel propaganda down our throat because I see Israel as a pawn of white supremacy because of its ties to imperialism through the yeah. United States and through, the, and through Britain, right? Um, so I don't necessarily blame the Jewish establishment. I just feel like they've been brainwashed and are just too deep into it to, like, ever get out of that, yeah. um, which is, like, a whole other issue, like... Again, there's many facets to this, right? I
0: I joined the PSL, so, like, we talk about imperialism a lot. And exactly what you're saying.
1: Right. And and it's just, like, I feel like Israel is just, like, another tool of white supremacy in the white supremacy toolbox that, like, powerful leaders use, you know? Um, It's just, like, a pawn in the, like, the Jews are just a pawn in the Middle East. And, like, that is... The brainwashing, like it's just like brainwashing, is like how we got into this. I don't know. That's just like my really controversial hot take. That's not really. It's like half backed up by evidence, but like I can't cite my sources right here, right now. Um, it's just like would have kind of synthesized from.
0: Yeah. Well, honestly
1: Zionist and then being completely anti-Zionist.
0: Well, honestly, I mean, I don't know if you've ever watched The Empire Files with Abby Martin, but, I what?
1: I have not, but I'll put it on my list. What's it about?
0: It's, it explores a history of Zionism and uh, like, just what the Zionists, like, you know, we're talking Theodore Herzl and like the early, like the early 20th century Zionist movements about how like, what they actually truly envisioned for it.
1: Right, and so we've, re- like this, another part of this is that I think, uh, as a part of like my anti-Zionism, like figuring that out, is like we have just moved so far away from what actual Zionism was, um, that it doesn't make sense to support what it is now because it's just nationalism. Yeah. It, like it's just now, na- you know, and I'm, nationalism, <laughs> as we know, <laughs> does not end well. Um, also, like, yeah, yeah, that's it. I'm, I'm gonna leave it there for now.
0: <laughs> okay, sure. Um, did you have mo- so oh, more, so, yes. more, yeah, further into your, your
1: journey. Sorry, I only got to high school until I Right, I yeah. Yep. Um, right, so I, like, went to stand with us, and I was, like, yeah, this is cool. I get to go to California, but, like, didn't really care about it, but, like, you could get away by doing, like, one really, really good program, and they're, like, oh, my god, so, like, did something with like the Federation and they were like oh my god he did great and I was like okay whatever um I just want to go to California and see my friends you know this is actually like a recurring theme and like is just like I wanted to go on this trip to see my friends and ended up accidentally getting indoctrinated by like
0: yeah
1: you know like
0: <laughs> oh I've been there too I've been there too I got um, sucked into it okay to put it into context I got sucked into an Aisha Tora trip one time
1: right so like you get it
0: yeah
1: um yeah so like everything was fine i spent a year in israel um on a gap year program called nativ and like pretty like very zionist actually i was like one of the most left people on the trip um and at that point i wasn't even left it like like a leftist at all really i was just like Yeah, Palestinians definitely deserve a right to exist and like have a state and live their lives autonomously from any sort of Israeli oppression or interference. And everyone was like, Oh my god, you hate the Jews. And I was like
0: (laughs) You were you were a Democrat back then. (laughs)
1: Like actually, right? Like I (laughs) I was like, okay, whatever. Now, like, so what did it for me, like he was fine. I just could get in fights with people all the time about Israel. Um, Israeli or not, I didn't give a shit. Like, I was just gonna fight you about Israel, sure. And I wasn't even that, like, radical, you know? Um, and I don't think, actually, I don't think anything that I think as an anti-Zionist about, and of course, it's all objective, because it's about me, um, but I don't think that, like, what I think about anti-Zionism is all that radical. Like, it's just, like, no. I think that this group of people deserves rights and autonomy like that's it i don't think it's think they, or, you know, hard to ask and actually the torah says it's kind of what you got to do for people you know
0: right yeah no so, it's it's literally like zionism is a direct contradiction to tikkun olam a direct contradiction
1: exactly also like even if you want to look at it from like a biblical perspective like looking at slavery right you could think of it in that terms not really but like if you look at, like, what a Shemitah, uh, sorry, what, yeah, what a Shemitah year is, right, every seven years, like, you release people of their debts and, like, of their bondage. Every 50 years, all the slaves get to go free. Okay, 50 years is up, you know, like, just in direct breach of the Torah. I don't really know if that's, like, fully connected, but I like to think of it that way. I don't know. Um, after Nativ, I went on, um, I again, trying to get back to Israel, right, like, trying to see my friends that lived there and my family that lived there because I was, like, important at the time. Um, I went on this Hasbro Fellowships program um, and everyone told me I was going to hate it, right? Because, like, all of my friends knew that it wasn't going to be for me and, like, I knew I was going to hate it because I read the description of the program. I understood that they were going to sit there for 10 days and shove propaganda down my throat and I was, like, kind of fine with it um because again got to see my friends and And you
0: made a new one
1: and i made new friends like you're here now
0: so exactly
1: right um and it was gonna be and i had nothing else to do right and there and it was cheap and there were all these like aspects that went into it um i also at that point was like really struggling mental health wise and was like if i go to israel on a basically free trip i could just stay and make alia all right like run away from all my problems which glad i didn't do that but anyway so went on this trip and the like amount of propaganda and the vigorousness of like the shoving i guess of it um kind of pushed me over the edge and i was like oh hell no so really what what it was was that they took us to it was two things they took us to a checkpoint Um, and we're, like, this is what people go through to get in and out of Israel every single day, like, from Israel to Palestine. They did not use Palestine. They, like, literally called it Judea and Samaria the whole time, which is cringy and disgusting. Like, I never want to hear it referred to that ever, ever, ever. Um, oh, oh, okay.
0: I remember that. Yeah, they acted like it was nothing.
1: Well, and they took us, like, right, they, like, took us, so they took us to the checkpoint first off and they were like yeah this is like what people go through um, and they're like but it's great for like security reasons and I was like no <laughs> no this is not this is disgusting like this is you know what this is supposed to be my homeland as a Jewish state and I'm watching my people strip the rights of other people as a right man-
0: like that checkpoint yeah like that checkpoint was like um, it's like You look at, like, imagining yourself and, like, you imagine, like, your own, like, you know, the relation, like, imagining your family, your friends, which is what we saw, you know, we're not just seeing, you know, a different ethnic group of people. We're also seeing friends, families, children forced to endure this political intimidation. And restriction of movement with by these soldiers that are wielding assault rifles, and uh, can do whatever sort of aggression that they feel is is right. Like if they don't like somebody, like
1: the IDF and ICE, pretty much the same.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's policing, and it's. I saw someone say. I saw someone say. ICE is the modern-day Gestapo.
1: No, ICE is the modern-day Gestapo. Actually, hold on. I need to plug something real quick. Is that okay? Go ahead. Okay, so I um, run this Instagram that's called Never Again Action, um, and it is a... You run that? Yeah.
0: Dude, I was well, at
1: the... I'm a volunteer for them. Like, I, I do oh. post stuff. No, I, I make most of the content. I'm not well, going did... to be humble. I make most of the content.
0: <laughs> I did the... I did the uh never again action last year in milwaukee
1: so they have like a bunch of i mean follow their instagram because i like post updates all the time but we just did this campaign that was like uh sending fake applications to the isis citizens academy in chicago which is like this basically like vigilante group of citizens that ice is going to train on how to like stop uh um like stop and scare immigrants basically and like training people on like firearms usage, crazy shit. Definitely Nazi shit, absolutely. Um, So we sent in like a bunch of fake applications, stuff like that. But the whole goal is like the abolition of ICE um, of this movement because like, never again is now, you know? It's happening in the country that we live in. Um, Detention centers are basically concentration camps. Oh
0: yeah.
1: I mean like, they're
0: horrible
1: of course they are
0: yeah and I mean people getting people that are seeking it's like what kind of what kind of land of opportunity and freedom
1: that's all
0: are we right if you're gonna like if you're literally gonna snatch people out of their homes and and like you know when they came here to seek like, when they came here as refugees, or they came here as immigrants, or they came here seeking better lives for themselves. Like,
1: it's not even, like, like, seeking better lives, people always think, like, oh, I want, like, you know, a f- four-bedroom house and, like, two-car garage and two cars in the driveway. No. It is, like, literally running for your life from just intense, crazy violence that you cannot escape right? And like horrible economic conditions in which you cannot move up at all. It's the bare minimum, right? It's like survival, like a better life is survival. And so when people like chalk it up to this, like, oh, better life, they're going to steal our jobs. I, I don't know. I don't even know. Any sort of anti-immigrant sentiment just pisses me off so yeah. much. Oh,
0: like you're
1: all immigrants. I'm sorry. We're, a settler, like,
0: we're a settler colonial state? I mean, exactly. I feel about Israel very similarly how I feel about America. So, um,
1: I think I America more.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, th- I mean, no, like, <laughs> that's 100% valid. I don't know. What was the, So what was the second thing that you saw on the Hasbro trip?
1: Okay, so the second thing was when they took us to Hebron. Do you remember this? Which is Hebron, or um I don't know what it, else it's called. Um I feel like there's like 10 different names, though. Uh yeah. And they were like, these Palestinians came in and took this city from the Jews and killed a bunch of Jews here. And now look what the Palestinians have done to this city, like this great holy city. And like Jews are allowed to like go to part of it. They're like, look how badly the Jews live here. Jews are living fine there. I hope you know. Um, They had, they took us up to like where the IDF soldiers were like standing and like securing whatever the fuck um just doing oppressiony things um and they were like yeah we we just have to you know just security threat blah 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 And it's like you're pointing a m16 at like a 30 year old woman walking home like come on what what security threat is that actually to you you know that, that pissed me off so much, um, and then the last one was Rawabi, um, Rawabi, (laughs) so Rawabi is this, like, private city being built in Area A of Palestine, and it's mainly funded by Qatar, which is, you know what, perfectly fine, because the Palestinian government does not have money to build a city, okay, like, they just don't, um, that's another thing, like, resources, like, there are none, right, that's, like, there, that's a whole point of, you know, being a pr- an oppressive regime, is that you don't, like, allow the people that you, you, know, you're oppressing to have any sort of thing that would allow them upward mobility. So, like, a city couldn't be built, right, without, like, private funding, um, but that was, like, a huge issue for, like, Hasbara. They were, like, Qatar funds Al Jazeera, <laughs> okay, You know what, Al Jazeera is a pretty good news source, not gonna lie. (laughs) Um,
0: And it's also like, who the fuck are you to talk? Look around you. (laughs) Like, (laughs) look at what you're doing to a whole ethnic group of people.
1: Exactly. Um, And then they like, I asked all the, they asked us poor, like we had a question and answer. So first of all, we took a tour, right? We took a tour of this town. Yes, there was no one there, but that's fine. They were like building the fucking city. Um, but that came—that was, like, a whole point of contention, too. Um, and then we had they this.
0: Were also, they were also, on our trip, were, like, mocking the, like, tour guide. Yeah, the, and mocking the whole time. The, yeah, and, like, making fun of the fact that, like, there were, like, a, there's a big Palestinian flag. And, like, they were just, like, making a joke out of it. And it's, like, how are you going to take offense to, the, like, when they were, like, oh, yeah, we, sh- we we hold this, like, Palestinian flag flying high just so that, like, that israel settlement on the hill can like see that like we're yeah. not here to disappear and there are people on our trip acting like they're offe- like that that it's was a a
1: legitimately offended by it it's a dumb I, thing to be offended by like
0: yeah like fuck off like
1: <laughs> you're just as nationalist as that if not more likely more because you're on this goddamn trip and you don't even live in israel
0: and uh yeah and you're speaking you're speaking in defense of illegal settlers extremist settlers at that
1: who like commit violence yeah that is a thing and then so they're having this question and answer session right and someone asks like about you know being 10 miles from like tel aviv and like something about like security like how are you gonna keep tel aviv safe or like some stupid shit like that and at that point i like tuned out but then when we got back from Morabi, i was like that's dumb like whatever i don't think this like private so like the whole conspiracy was like this privately owned city was gonna coordinate with qatar and have like weapons in that city to like you know kill Israelis in Tel Aviv, 15 miles away, or whatever, kilometers, I don't know, Um, which is just ridiculous. Like, people are just trying to live their lives. Like, not everyone is plotting a terrorist attack, you know? Um, But when we got back from Rawabi, right, do you remember this conversation? Because we had a whole, like, debriefing, and in the debriefing, people were like, it looked like North Korea, which it did not look like North Korea. Okay. I'm pretty
0: sure no one has been to North Korea that was on that trip. Oh, also, no. that's another conversation for another day, is that we are fed a lot of propaganda about North Korea.
1: Sure. Yeah. Thanks, Vice. Uh, <laughs> I mean... Every North uh, Korea documentary you've ever watched, it is a, is it a Vice documentary? Probably.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, don't get me wrong. The DPRK has... it's. Has problems of course but you know it's yeah it's like it's not like any of them it's it's like if you're basing that opinion off of american propaganda about north korea then you're not that well informed about you know what actual what's actually
1: there exactly um anyway and so and then someone else is like like they were just being mean, right? It was just, like, baseless hatred, um, towards this group of people that was, like, doing their best in the, in some of the worst circumstances, um, and I think that's what I saw repeatedly, like, just throughout the whole right-wing Jewish, sorry, Israel, like, and Jewish movement, um, is it a movement? I don't think so, like, posse i don't know what they are um
0: it's a cult
1: <laughs> okay we can say that it's a cult i um, calling
0: it a cult
1: that i'll use that yeah the the right-wing zionist cult yeah, yeah. um it's just like this baseless hatred for palestinian people when first of all 99 percent of them have actually never ever 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 talked to a palestinian person um or like know what's I, I don't know just like
0: have any empathy for one
1: there's, no empathy. there's no empathy at all right that's what it, exactly that's what it is um and it drives me crazy right because like my whole thing is like making the world a better place that's constantly I wake up in the morning I'm like okay what can I do to make this world just a little bit better today um on a micro scale on a macro scale on somewhere in between scale um and that's <laughs> Taking away people's rights is not how you do that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of disgusted by, like, the Jewishness of it all, I guess. Does that make sense?
0: Where, where it's – Judaism is, is like, used – it's, like, done in the name of Judaism. That's what – they're kind of hijacking what Judaism is in exactly. order to satisfy a political agenda. So I want to meet you to this point where you're at, because like story-wise, because I want to share a little bit about my own experience with Jewishness in Israel. Because, So <clears throat> I grew up, um, I grew up I'm very secular. I mean, my parents are atheists, like my mom, I'm Jewish on my mom's side. I do have Jews by marriage and my dad's side. So like we celebrated all the holidays growing up. I went to a JCC growing up, you know, it was like just sort of a lot of like modern day Jewish life. But at the JCC growing up, we had like, I remember we had Israel Day, you know, we had Maccabi Day. We had all of these like Israel sponsored posters that were like hung up around the building and stuff. So like, you know, and I I was like one of those kids that like really liked like those like country books where like you open it up and it's like all the facts about all the different countries and like um and all I really knew about Israel was that it it's the Jewish state that's all I really ever knew about Israel and um and like my sophomore year of high school um I joined BBYO, you know, I wanted to make friends outside of high school cause I was having a really hard time in high school. So I wanted to meet friends from other places. So I, you know, like we had some Jews in my high school. So we had just enough, just big enough to have a BBYO chapter. So like you kind of mentioned, um, uh, yeah, BBYO did normalize a lot of Israel. Um, back in the day I mean it It You know encouraged people to go on Like summer trips to Israel it, it encouraged people to like Advocate for Israel like this and that I mean it wasn't shoved down our throats But it was still like The, the, the opportunities were presented to people That were interested um, And yeah, Yeah And like I found out about Birthright And I got really excited about it I'm like that would be so cool So I went when I was 18 and I went in the summer between high school and college. And um, I had, I mean, it was a great experience. Um, Like I had a lot of fun and I definitely like, it was something I'll never forget, but it's kind of like, I say that all with a grain of salt because I didn't know what I was partaking in at the time. And um you know, it's just this fun, lavish tourist trip for 10 days, 10 day long party where you do fun, like physical activities and social things during the day and like you party at night and you get to see all these different like cool, trendy Israeli cities and stuff. Like, So I come out of that trip like, oh yeah, Israel's awesome. And like when I entered college, you know, I joined AE Pi, I got involved in Hillel, like I, you know, Israel was still kind of part of the conversation. And like, there was a trip, that trip I mentioned earlier, the Asia Torah trip, um, that was actually sponsored by AE Pi. And I went on it with a couple of brothers uh, my sophomore year. And like, that was, I mean, it, it was definitely a more religious trip and uh, one that saw us like really exploring like the biblical aspect of Israel and stuff. Like it was the most um, it was the most exposure I'd ever had to like Orthodox community. Um, And I mean like, you know, I definitely like there are parts of it that made me uncomfortable because I am very secular and like, you know i just don't um and uh, there were also people on a trip from other colleges that were very very like right-wing and uh, didn't really welcome people that didn't welcome perspectives that came from a more liberal side And so i felt a little like um i felt a little alienated by that and i was like wow I need to be more pro-Israel if I want to prove myself as a Jew, you know? Like, that was the mindset I was literally in, like, oh, around sophomore, junior year. And then we started an, an Israel club in Cal like, uh, at UWM. And we didn't, like, we did what we could to, like, try to, like, start what our idea was of a conversation and, like, highlighting Israeli culture and trying to, like – you know, not talk about the conflicts, but talk about like, you know, all the cool.
1: Oh, so you wanted to pink wash it? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Essentially,
1: oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> essentially. Um, or. And all the other things like the technology, the medicine, the agriculture.
1: fucking tomato.
0: Yeah, the fucking cherry tomatoes. Yeah. Um. So. All that stuff, you know, like was involved in like the Israel advocacy. And then I went on Hasbara Jr. Obviously we met and experienced all the same things and I feel like there were some genuinely like good people on our trip that I mean, I still talk to today, like shout out to Jacob. <laughs> Jacob Weiser's my guy. Um and
1: a long time no speak
0: <laughs> yeah and andrew also was a great dude and like
1: he you knows know, one of my friends that lives in denver
0: oh yeah yeah because he's from
1: right
0: i think that like there were some like more like liberal perspectives on that trip and that made it easier for people like you and i to relate to others on that trip but there were also while there Were people we got along with, there are people that we didn't get along with. (laughs) People that were just hardline Trump supporters, people, like, people that, like.
1: I almost punched this one girl in the face. I really did. It was not good.
0: There was a lot of tension on that Mm -hmm. trip for that reason. Because it's, like, you see all these, like, things, like, you see all these things about, like things like the occupation and the the checkpoints, the settlements, the, just how everyone is just acting like it's just so normal and okay. And that like, these are like thriving, bustling communities, but this was what really, really rubbed me the wrong way. We had some people or we had some speakers on our trip that were Arabs and Shared their perspective like we had like that one arab israeli professor that spoke about like his experience like in the education system and we heard from a palestinian journalist and like we heard different perspectives we did but the fact that people on our trip like would get so defensive and like invalidate these perspectives of other people that weren't jewish and we'll just get angry, confrontational, just be very, like, just condescending towards people that weren't, you know, that obviously don't have the same experience with Israel as we have, as Western Jews. Um,
1: you know the three Ds that they talk about in Israel? Yeah, it was like... like um, D delegitimization, and, um, duh.
0: I don't remember. I remember there were the 3Ds. I don't remember what they all were. I remember the delegitimization one, though.
1: Delegitimization, de-legitimization maybe? maybe? Delegitimization was one of them, and I don't remember the last one. Um, oh my gosh. I can't believe I'm blanking on this. Um, It was grilled into my head like so many times anyway whatever it is like those are the three main tactics that israel advocates use towards palestinians when talking to them um which is an insane thing to like sit there and be like these are the three d's that like all of a sudden this anti-zionism you're crossing the line all of a sudden anti-semitism right whereas like Those are just, like, the main pro-Israel talking points on Palestinians.
0: You know, while we were being brought into, like, these settlers' houses to, like, party and celebrate Shabbat and have drinks and all this, it's, like, a couple miles away, you know, those Palestinians that can't fucking, they, they can't go anywhere. They're impoverished. They are without you know, running water, clean water in Gaza. They risk intimidation and violence from the IDF every single fucking day. Like how, like, it's just this us versus them mentality that Zionism has come to be like entirely based in. It's just this, it's, it makes our Judaism political and that's the ug- that is the ugly part about it. And so now that, like, and obviously I didn't realize all of this while I was on that trip. I mean, this.
1: Oh, this, no. This, it took, it, it like, years like, of reflection.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that being said, after the trip, how would things start shifting for you?
1: Yeah. Um, so I, I was in college at the time um, at Drake University. Shout out. Go Go dogs. Um, but I was also the president of Hillel and I was like very much so starting to reject these like pro-Israel advocacy narratives and like becoming disengaged with the Israel advocacy work. I never really wanted to do it in the first place. I don't think it's that important. I still don't think it's that important. I think if you're engaged with it and you live in the United States, there, and you're, like, my age, there are a lot better fucking issues you should be, uh, putting your energy towards, and if you decide to, like, sit there and make a cause for bigotry and oppression, like, I, I don't know what to do with you, you know, um, if you just need to unlearn shit, like, unlearn the shit, like, it takes time, it is a lengthy process, people are going to hate you, um, but, like, you're probably better off in the long run, um, like, I just I can I, I started like being vocal a little bit more about like my a- anti-zionism um which I've never actually like publicly been like I'm an anti-zionist until like now um but
0: it took me it, until recently also
1: and it didn't it is important in retrospect but it didn't feel important till recently um and i started to like run into issues on like a jewish community level at school because i was like we're not hillel not engaging with israel anymore absolutely not like as president um and a lot of people were really upset about that um but what a fucking waste of time what a waste of time what a waste of resources i like didn't care enough to do it i was like no if we're gonna do something like we're gonna talk about like sex drugs and torah like if we're gonna do something, we're gonna put on a pass over seder. We are not talking about Israel in this space. I don't want to. Mainly was, I don't want to, right? And I don't think that like, nothing was happening on campus that was like sparking the conversation. So I was like, why have it? Why bring it up? It's just gonna target us. We're already targeted enough for Jews in Des Moines, Iowa. Like, come on guys, there's like eight anti anti-Semitic incidents at this campus every single year. And Israel, not my issue um
0: we're talking real anti-semitism like swastikas being spray painted on people's houses and shit
1: like i i could go on for days and like one of the kids on the board was like actually i think anti-zionism is worse than anti-semitism and i was like actually i think that's the dumbest shit i've ever fucking heard but okay um and like it did create issues for me like I'm not a very quiet reserved person. Um I don't really like holding back my opinion especially when I think I'm right. Um and I also have like a very rigid version of like what is a human right. Um and if I think that like human rights are being infringed, I'm not going to I'm not going to shut the fuck up about it. Like I'm a loud mouthy Jewish bitch. Like what do you want from me, you know? Um It gets me in trouble, it's worth it. Um And now I'm just like, yeah, I, I don't want to engage in this work at all. Like, I don't, I don't care about, I I do not as a Jew want to be asked my opinion about Israel ever, you know, I don't want to talk for the rest of the Jews. Um, I don't really just want to talk about it at all. If I'm being totally honest, like I'm tired, I guess. Um, I'd much rather focus on like food insecurity, housing insecurity, black lives mattering even though that's like what the very basis of like come on, right? Like black equity, right? That's like what I want to focus on. Um immigration reform, yeah. You know,
0: socialized medicine, reparations.
1: Socialized medicine, reparations. Like um I don't know, protections for older adults cuz that's what I do in my
0: Another one: tenants' rights against landlords. That we've <laughs> been doing. We've been doing a lot of work in that in Milwaukee about that. Actually,
1: but,
0: um, yeah. I so
1: so that's where I'm at now.
0: Sure, sure. I appreciate you sharing all that. Um, yeah, like like you said. I mean, okay. I just want to add that you mentioned that you had been dealing with mental health issues at the time when a lot of like the house rush it was going on, and honestly, I was too. And like. Yeah. I and and I will pull this card because I think it is valid in reflection is that like I feel like I felt very vulnerable to influence at the time and oh. I just felt like I really needed to like be a part of something that felt like it was you know giving me some sense of meaning because I was struggling so hard at the time with like defining meaning for myself that would help me like carry on every single day and get out of bed and go to class and like like honestly like all the the israel advocacy stuff was it felt like a lot of these people cared about me but honestly it's like you have to distinguish like do they really care about you or that do they just care about like the the like if you're gonna like further their agenda in places that they can't reach and like and that's the thing is like that's what a lot of that shit is Is like you know that's how propaganda works is like someone might totally not you know actually really like care to have a personal relationship with you like if you can't further their political agenda or do something for them and like it, it was just more of that shit and i was very involved in it at the time but yeah i mean the thing is it's like we were encouraged to ask questions but anytime you ask a question questioning some kind of israel policy against palestinians like you get confronted with like Anger or defensiveness, or like people look at you like you just like you know, spat in their family's faces, and like this whole dialogue thing gets thrown around when we're talking about like,
1: I'm so sorry, just to like shut everything down, like, there's no room for dialogue anymore. Oh,
0: if you're an apologist for literally the erasure of an entire group of people and stay and Excuse ethnic cleansing and genocide and apartheid and
1: what do we have to talk about?
0: I have yeah, nothing there's me. nothing to exactly and and I don't blame you know the SJP members for getting in my face and yelling at me because they had every fucking right to. They had every reason to. I was wrong. I was wrong. I was wrong. <laughs> like I was wrong and. And that's a,
1: to the party, right?
0: Yeah, same here. You know, like I have, I, you know, like you said, Zionism is a lengthy process to unlearn because it is so intertwined with like what it means to be Jewish. And I want to say that I still believe in just Jewish self-determination. Like I still believe.
1: So do I. Right. So that's another thing that people, yeah. always, people are always like, oh, anti Zionism you just hate the Jew and I'm like no 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 no. Jewish no. self determination is very important but
0: what exactly what Zionism actually has has transpired to be I don't agree with that at all yep. I believe yes Jews can live in Palestine but not at the our self determination should not self should not supersede Someone another person's self determination yeah. yeah so yeah, like, and I think that that's what every anti-Zionist Jew ever believes, but it's just the fucking word is Zionism. That's, that's just the fucking word that, like, stirs all of this, like, misunderstanding shit. But anyway, so, like, you know, it took me a long time to, like, unlearn all that, but it's just the more you try to initiate these dialogues about, like, pushing for, like, a more liberal democratic Israel that gives more like reparations to minorities or like, simple things like having conversations with Palestinians and validating like their experience and their family's experience it just you get so confronted with like all this animosity and it's almost like people that's why I think it's a cult because your loyalty gets questioned like you're you're yeah and like you get
1: I think your loyalty, like, your worth as, like, a Jew, right? Yeah. Because, like, people people that, like, I interact with like, are, that are aware and uncomfortable with my anti-Zionism constantly return to this thing of, like, oh, you're a self-hating Jew. And it's, like, no, 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 I'm not, actually. I love being Jewish. And I love, like, just, I don't know, living my life, I live my life in a very Jewish way every single day. Like, I'm Jewy, Jew, Jew, you know? Like, (laughs) I don't hate it. I, I don't hate us. I just anti Zionism not my shit or, or I'm sorry sorry Zionism not my shit you know
0: yeah yeah and I mean for one it's like I think that like we were talking about we touched on this briefly earlier like my personal political beliefs like I mean I'm a revolutionary socialist like I so I believe like in abolishing imperialism abolishing like the oppressive capitalist states everywhere and as such i also believe in the abolishment of what israel is now but i also believe in the abolishment of america too so mm-hmm. like and i don't believe in coddle i don't believe in coddling with fascist regimes i believe in a lot more than it's it's like people pigeonhole your credibility and your Just like who you are as an activist based on like your views about Israel. But it's like I like I don't sometimes I question, do I believe in states, period?
1: Uh abolish all all borders. It's 2020. Borders, there's no use for them anymore.
0: Pangea, baby. Pangea. (laughs) uh,
1: Let's go back to the old,
0: old (laughs) Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I believe in like if you turn a blind eye to atrocities being committed for your own selfish purposes, then you're not living in the same moral nexus that I do. And uh, that's where the conversation ends. And that's why it's just, it's a lot of times just not worth like, you know, like I'd say like I said goodbye to like my Zionist tendencies after college ended, you know, because I, was just, I would be, just be getting nowhere with trying to have actual dialogues with people. There's just no point in talking about peace if, like, you're just going to, like, keep everything that's out there right now in place. And people just, they're, it's like, just imagine, just Rebecca, imagine, like, tying your personality to a country. Just fucking imagine that.
1: <laughs> no, exactly. Like, are you serious, dude? That's what you could come up with? Patriotism? For somewhere that's like six thousand miles away. I mean, fuck American patriotism, absolutely. But like, oh come on. I don't know, go like go like rap music or like geocaching or chess. Anything else
0: or bird watching. I like bird watching.
1: I I love bird watching. I live right, so I live in Colorado, so I like go hiking all the time and I like I love a bird.
0: Yeah, right, right, right. Like or a mix of all of those things, you know. Yeah. So yeah, I mean so all this said, you know, like I'd say like this was the so we, this is the first year like I've openly identified with anti-Zionism like First time, like, really openly saying free Palestine. Um, I've unfriended most of the problematic people I met in the Zionist world. I still do feel kind of, like, afraid of bringing it up around certain people. I feel alienated by not necessarily, like, I mean, the Jewish community in Milwaukee is pretty liberal. So, like, generally I'm pretty comfortable approaching most people with, like, you know my perspective and my views and stuff but sometimes i'm still i'm i still get afraid of like openly touting like solidarity with palestine and and you know agreeing with anti-zionism like how do you feel about that
1: i don't talk about it i like i don't maybe i should right um but when I go into a space where I'm Jewish, I'm Jewish and I'm not, I don't want to talk about it. I really don't. A lot of times the spaces that I am in that are Jewish are also professional spaces. Um, so politics don't come up. Um, yeah, I online is like one place where I'll engage. Um, but otherwise I like, that's probably the last thing to learn about me, right? Like, hi, I'm Rebecca and I'm Jewish. Like first two things, anti-Zionism on the bottom. Um, And it's not because it's not important. It's just because I don't want people to see me as less Jewish. And there are so many issues with that, but that is how I feel.
0: And you're not alone in that. And you're also, those feelings are completely legitimate because like we've been talking about this whole time, like, you know, this is something that we are still trying to like untangle from our Jewishness is this instantaneous association or commitment or loyalty to the so-called Jewish state (laughs) Like, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm totally with you there. Like, I'm afraid that I'm going to be evaluated differently by people that, you know, I have ha- had positive relationships with in the past. But the second something like Israel gets brought up, like, it's going to like, def- it's going to redefine my relationship with them. Um, and luckily, like, I have had good conversations with people that I was worried about. Um, come to, come to find out there's a lot of Jews just like you and me that are in the same like mentality right now that are still like, that are sort of like navigating their way, like away from that camp and like into something where they feel safe and heard and validated because the first time. They're being told that, like, you can be Jewish, but, like, also, you know, be, like, loyal to social justice and human rights. Because, like, we were taught Black Lives Matter is anti Semitic when we were involved in Hasbara and shit.
1: And that's such a big issue, right? Still, that, like, so, first of all, to clarify for all my Jews out there, uh, Black Lives Matter, the Black Lives Matter movement, is not even anti Zionist necessarily. They do. They do support BDS, um, but there's nothing in their clause that says they're, like, anti-Zionist, right? Um, but the movement for Black Lives Matter, I believe, is the one that is, like, explicitly anti-Zionist, but the two get conflated all the time because how are you gonna keep track of the Black Lives Matter movement and the movement for Black Lives, right? So, I think I have my facts right on that one. Yes, no, the Black Lives Matter movement, not anti-Semitic, get that out of your head right the fuck now, like, It's actually really Jewish.
0: Yeah. And people forget that, like, you know, people forget, like, there are Black Jews, you know, that have experienced the same oppression that Black folks have encountered their whole lives, as well as the Jewish oppressions. Right. You know?
1: It's a double whammy, and, like, I think the—I Jew. mean— this is a huge criticism of the Jewish establishment, but I don't think many people are gonna disagree with that. Like the Jewish establishment does not care about black Jews, does not amplify their voices. It's getting better now, right? Cause it's 2020 and that's like the trend. But I just wish that they would do more. I I think there's a lot we can do in like Jewish education spaces, especially, Because you should not go through your life and get to the age of 18 and, like, you've never heard of a Jew of color existing, you know? Yeah. That's a ridiculous thing.
0: Yeah. Or you've never heard of Palestine.
1: Again, you're bringing it full circle.
0: Again, once again, you know, like, you're only taught what's convenient for the establishment. And just to put it into perspective, I mean, Mike Pence was a speaker at APAC this year.
1: Mike Pence has been a speaker at APAC for the past like three years. Um, because I went to APAC and saw Mike Pence speak and got uh yelled at by the lady that was sitting in front of me for not standing for the honorable vice president um when he came onto the stage and not clapping for when he announced that the embassy had been moved to Jerusalem.
0: Yeah, he's um
1: fuck APAC.
0: He yeah, fuck APAC. I mean if that doesn't say enough about like
1: APAC, like
0: yeah, if that doesn't say enough about like what they're doing out there and like who they endorse.
1: Also, okay, they've lost so much money this election cycle because they funded like all the wrong candidates. I mean not wrong candidates for their agenda, but like all the wrong candidates, you know? Like none of their people that they've like backed financially on their campaigns have won races. For the most part, so fucking back.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> okay. So, so Rebecca, like, as we're we are running out of time here, but once, so I guess the final question I wanted to raise is, so like, obviously, like you and I, you know, like, we have both been on this journey together. I mean, we've communicated about like, oh hey, like, did you see this? doesn't this suck <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um or we've talked about like so funny story like i'm not a scientist anymore Oh
1: <laughs> yeah
0: right you know we've been there and everything so we've been on this journey together and like um i've always like felt comfortable and trusted you with like raising these conversations so i want to talk about what like other Jews that may be in a similar headspace that if like they're feeling conflicted right now, if like they're struggling to like you know, identify with Zionism anymore, or if they're struggling to identify with like being a Jewish because they don't agree with Israel, what would you say?
1: Call me? Um, Like I'm very much so, in my in my real job, my whole thing is, like, giving people a list of resources that they can, you mm-hmm. know, use to rectify the situation that they're in. Um, and most of the time, that's pretty successful. In the anti-Zionism realm, it's harder, um, especially finding Jewish perspectives on it. Um, that gets even harder. And, like, I think it makes it a lot easier if you have someone that kind of gets it and just can walk you through what is going on. Um, That being said, I really do like Jewish Currents. They have a magazine and um, web posts that they do on all different types of topics. Jewish news, um, politics, stuff like that. They're left wing, Um, they do- I like Haritz. So Howard's is also good, right? Like, that's, like, news straight out of Israel, which is, whereas Jewish Currents is American-based. Um, yeah, like, that's uh, Twitter, like, find some Jews on Twitter that are, you know, leftist, like-mind thinking. Um, we're out there. We exist. Um, yeah. People on Twitter are also, like, super nice and, like, strengthening up conversations as well. So, like, you know, follow some of those people and maybe DM them. Um, yeah. And, like, just see what other perspectives are that are out there. Um, and also, talk to your friends. They're, they might have had one stance on Israel at one point that has completely been 180 since the last time you talked to them. Yeah, awesome. uh, Exactly, right? Like, we, we both started out, we like, yeah, liberal, Zionism, who? And, like, now I was like, no, like. Like anti-Zionist queen, you know. Yeah. Um, so,
0: I also I do want to, I do want to like also very much emphasize that like it's not an attack like this whole thing. It's not an attack on Israelis or Jews that feel a connection to Israel in some way. Like it's not an no, attack. Uh, what? No, I'm kidding.
1: Yeah. I kind on like the Jews that feel like feel strongly connected to Israel. Like yeah, left well. Left. If you're an advocate, well, well, I mean, fuck you. Like, that's what I have to
0: say. I mean, like, me. if they have, like, family in Israel.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. I have
0: family there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, like, you know, it's not attack. Like, because, I mean, if you pay attention, there's a lot of Israelis that are part of the peace movement, that are part of, like, you know, breaking the silence or the boycotts from within, or, like, they're involved in some kind of, like, protests against Netanyahu's regime. Like, there are Israelis that know what's going on and it's not, and it's like, this is not any attack on anyone who's just Israeli. It's about, it's about what this political agenda has done to hijack our Judaism, to brainwash us into thinking that like, we need this for our survival. We have been gaslighted. Literally. As a community, we've been Gabriel. gaslighted.
1: Yeah, Absolutely.
0: So, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, no, I fully agree with that. Yeah.
0: So, Rebecca, um, <laughs> as we close out here, tell me you, what keeps you up at night.
1: What keeps me up at night? Um, hmm. Lately, it's been voter suppression. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's... <laughs> really worried
1: about the election in November.
0: Yeah, get the news today.
1: Oh, oh, Kamala? Kamala, yeah. So I actually, here's my, do you want my little analysis on Kamala?
0: After this is over, after this All over. right, all right, sorry. Okay. <laughs> um,
1: close out, close out.
0: I will, I will. Um, what puts you to sleep?
1: Puts me to sleep. Weed? Can I say that? Hmm.
0: Hell yeah, that's legitimate. That's been my answer a lot of times.
1: For me, <laughs> <Not early. laughs>
0: for me it's beer, and lately it's been a rest development. I've been watching a lot of Arrested Development. Um, Well, Rebecca, thank you for being on the show. I love you very much. Thank you. you. Uh, No matter where you are in the country. Um, So, free Palestine, and being Jewish is fucking
1: beautiful. I'll drink to that.
0: Hell yeah, cheers. Thanks for watching, Mr. Nice Guy. We'll see you next time.